to Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. My name is Heather, and today I'm here with my co-host, Monica, and, drumroll, our new co-host, Diego, who you may remember from season one. Diego's from Mexico City, and he runs the account An Immigrant in Sweden. So welcome, Diego! Thank you, guys. Hi! <laughs> and our guest today is Patrick from Northern Ireland. Hi, Patrick. Hey, guys. Hey. Happy to be here. <laughs> Wonderful. We're happy you're here, too, on this very, very hot end of August day. It's crazy out there. It's sweaty. Oh. It's sweaty. True story. <laughs> the sun always shines on my birthday. I turned 41 on Sunday, and there's usually like three or four days of good weather around my birthday all the time. But in Sweden or in wherever, even everywhere? In, even in Ireland. <laughs> so wherever you go, you can just invite him yeah, around. Yeah. yeah, end of August. <laughs> well, Patrick, how long have you been in uh, Stockholm or Sweden? I moved here four and a half years ago. Four and a half. Yeah, and it's a long old story how I got here. Well, that's but, what we're here yeah, for. Yeah, but I just wanted to tell you. So, <laughs> so as you said, my background is I grew up in Northern Ireland during the Troubles. When I was 16, I realized that the biggest problem in our society wasn't the bombings and the shootings and, and the troubles, as it's called, but it was actually this victim mentality, which mm -hmm. had sort of gripped our society. When I was, one Friday night, I was out with my family at this event and I realized, I came to this conclusion that from this day forth, I would never be a victim of anything. I mm -hmm. says, everything that goes wrong in my life, I'm going to take all the blame. But I says, everything that goes right, I'm going to take all the credit. Mm -hmm. and, and what that means is, if, if I didn't get the grades I wanted at school, I wasn't going to blame the teacher. If I didn't get the job I wanted, I wasn't going to blame them. My mm -hmm. goal was to make myself so good that, that they can't ignore me, that they mm -hmm. need me. Yeah. Stop blaming other people. Because where I lived, people blamed the British, the Protestants, the rain, the dog, you name it. Yeah. It's never their fault that their life right. isn't going the way it should be. So around the same time, I asked myself two big questions because I wanted more from life. I grew up in this very small village. There was a lot of bombings and shootings and different things happening. And I wanted more. But, but what is more? You know, everyone wants more, but how do you get more? Mm -hmm. So I asked myself two very basic questions. And the first one was, if I could have or do any three things in the world, what would they be? And as a 16-year-old boy, you've got a vast imagination. Yeah. So that was easy to answer. It's very deep. You know? so, so for me, the most important thing I wanted in the world was to have season tickets at Old Trafford, watching Manchester United. <laughs> that was Good it. Goals. That was the dream. Number two was to have a Porsche before I was 30. Okay, yeah. And number three was to travel the world. So I told people this and they literally laughed at me because I had never seen a Porsche in my life. Yeah. Like, where I lived, there was more car bombs than sports cars. Right. You know, cars were on fire and they weren't Porsches. And, and like, to travel the world, like, what, man, settle down. And you think you're going to travel to Manchester and watch football every week? Like, yeah. Yeah. Are, you, are you serious? That was pushing it, let alone you know? the world. Yeah. So, um, so, that was my, so that wasn't even my biggest problem. My biggest problem was I wasn't good at anything. Like, mm. I've got these great dreams, but I don't shine in any way. You know where you can pick out some people when they're younger and go, he's... He's going to go far, this guy or this girl. I wasn't that guy. No one picked me out and says I was going to do anything. So I had to look at myself and say, right, ask the second question is, how am I going to do it? Like, what three steps can I take which will get me closer to it? And for me, when I looked at it, the only thing I was sort of okay at was numbers at school. Mm -hmm. I could do the maths, everything else. I wasn't even interested, but I could just get it done. I could mm -hmm. get my maths homework done. Mm -hmm. So I thought, what's the best I can do with that? Well, I can become an accountant because they deal with money, so they must be rich. So they must have <laughs> access to Porsches. 
So that's what I did. And I says, I'm going to become an accountant. So my three steps that I planned was I'm going to stop messing around at school and try and come top of the class by the time I'm 18, by the time I leave. Second step is I'm going to become, I'm going to become the first person from our area to go to university. And then the third thing was I'm going to um, move to Dublin or Belfast and become an accountant if I get through. And then that'll be the, that'll be it. Yeah. So um, grand dreams indeed for a boy from Claddy, you know, the small village 16. where we're, yeah, I, that's what I'm trying to I'm, think of what uh, I was like at 16. I wasn't doing that. I'm, I'm totally with you on the car thing, the <laughs> sports car <laughs> and the traveling. That's so cool. Oh, you've written three four books. books. Four so books. I've written four books. And so the last books, not the new book that I've just published, is called Forgive Me, Sister, my first mm -hmm. novel. But my last books are called um, Life Is and the, and the Backpacker Who Sold a Supercar. But are you an accountant? I will yeah, actually let me finish. Let, let me finish yeah. the story. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let me finish like, the story. <laughs> well, like I need something. Here. So I was sixteen. I come up with these dreams. Go forward ten years, and I have come top of the class in school. It was I became the first person from my area of all all the guys I grew up with to go to university. Um, I came. I got two degrees. One in business studies. One in accounting. I came second in the class. I moved to Grant Thornton and got a got, got a three and a half year. Um, articles it's called where you go in and you become a chartered accountant where you mm. study and do exams and work at the same time with clients advising mm. them so this takes me up to 26 I've just qualified as a chartered accountant with Grant Thornton and I've moved to PricewaterhouseCoopers to become a tax lawyer um, when I was 27 I used to jump on my Porsche <laughs> drive, to Man drive to the airport go to Manchester have a few beers shout scream support my team watch them on the European like, I watched them on everything yeah. when I had season tickets they won everything Yeah, nice. European Cups World, World Cups you name it um, and when I was 28 in May 2007 and I was I hadn't burned out but I must have been close because mm -hmm. I was really pushing it yeah. and um, so I sold everything and of course the final dream I had was to travel the world so I traveled, I sold everything and traveled the world. And the first stop was, um, was New York. And the reason why I started in New York was because Nokia had just launched a new mobile phone with a five megapixel camera. And my cam my actual camera had two megapixels. <laughs> so it was available in Finland or in the Fifth Avenue uh, flagship store. Mm -hmm. So I flew to um, New York, bought the phone, and I started traveling the world with nothing but a Nokia. And about six months later, they released the first iPhone. So I, I drove from coast to coast on every landmass. So my first mm. coast to coast was New York to LA, mm. where I went via New Orleans across to Texas, up in through the Four Corners into LA and San Francisco. And I was in New Orleans and I went, it was so hot for this Irish boy who had just been sitting in this <laughs> office for all these years that I went to get my hair cut. And I met this guy and he started telling me about all these amazing places in Mexico City. So the fact you're from there, Diego, I love it, man. I really, I, I always rave about Mexico City. And that's from the first months of my backpacking trip. So I spent seven years on the road, traveling around the world, going from coast to coast on every landmass. And I would just pick two points on the map and go, I'll start here and I'll drive to there. Yeah. And what I mean, drive like whatever way I can get there. Thumbing, buses, trains, people, you know, whatever. So you never rented a car or something? No, I never rented a car. No. Not, not for those trips. I nice. could rent a car in a, in a region. Yeah, yeah. You know, from there, I could yeah. to see things. Yeah. But never to travel to the next destination. So um, the, how I ended up in Sweden is that I was in I was in South America. I was going from uh, Lima to Rio, overland. <laughs> this is like, like this is gonna be a long drive. Yeah. 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 I was in South America. <laughs> I heard there was a few. Made a wrong turn <laughs> exactly. There was a few. There was a few Aussies that were going to drive from London to Sydney. So top of the world. And I wow. Thought, I said, you know what? I'm up for that. Mm. 
So of course I, I ended up, I was in Brazil. I was partying for my birthday. It was this time of the year actually. And I flew back in mid-September, they were leaving. So I flew back quickly, said hello, popped into Ireland, said hello to my family, and then went to London and caught up with these bunch of guys who were going to drive yeah. to Sydney in, London, yeah. in Australia. So I of course did that journey as well, where we, we go, obviously, you know, have, you get from London to France, yeah. you know, you take the Channel Tunnel, mm-hmm. you take the boat across, whatever. And then you drive through Europe into Turkey. And then from Turkey, you go through Iran. We went through Iran, Pakistan, mm-hmm. India, Nepal, down through Southeast Asia into Malaysia, and then you island hop across Sumatra, Java, Bali. From Bali, you go to Darwin, then Adelaide, Melbourne, Canberra, How Sydney. How long did this trip take? It's, it's better than that. It's actually the fact that two days after arriving in Sydney, I went into a backpacker's bar, and it was five minutes to seven. And I, I come down, happy hour finishes at seven. So yeah. I, get, I get my two beers, two cheap beers, because I'm a backpacker and broke. And I see these two blonde girls in the corner. <laughs> and I'm the guy, I'm the guy who's getting straight over there. Like. So uh, I get my two beers and I walk around and I start talking to one of the girls and she's from Sweden. And then I see the other girl behind her. So I push her out of the way. <laughs> and the woman behind her was actually the woman of my dreams. So I'm actually now li- married and living in Sweden because right. of that trip. So wow. I drove the whole way around the world and I met a girl from Vesteros. That is... You made a girl from Westeros? Yeah, that was her. Oh my god. I now I have to say this about sweet I have to say this about Stockholm. I've been to a hundred I've been to more than hundred and thirty countries around the world. And I think Stockholm is the most beautiful summer city on the planet. Oh yes. I mean I I never work during I never take holidays during July. Yeah. Because I'm always around the city. Because I mean, there's no traffic. There's people paddleboarding past you as you go to work. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I love to work in the summer. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I mean, I love the Swedes. I love the people. I love the city. I love, I love the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it all comes together in mm-hmm. their own way. Mm-hmm. And I have to, I have to be honest. I do recommend it to people. But I, I say, if you're in your twenties, for me, it would be too quiet. Like mm. I, I turned 41 two days ago, so I'm I'm chilled. Mm. I'm, I'm boring enough. You know, I'm at that level where I'm like, this this fits me. Yeah. It's, everything's, I know what's going to happen for the next six months here. But I always say to people like young Swedes, if you're in your 20s, like go to Barcelona, hang out for a year, go to London, Dublin, yeah. Amsterdam. Like, I mean, yeah. you, don't need, just, you don't need a visa, just go and live and work and do stupid stuff. Yeah. And then sure, if you don't like it, you can come back. Yeah. You know, it's not as if you need yeah. a visa to go to Texas, just rock up in Amsterdam for yeah. a year. You know? I think it's it's very mature. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, all the all the cities you mentioned now, maybe except Barcelona, they're all much more organic. So you have a strip joint, they have a bar, and they have a Chinese store, and then a restaurant. <laughs> and it's more. But True. then here, like it's very it's very well yeah. planned, and, and you have to go like you know yeah. you want to get a bar with craft beer, you have to go to this street and so yeah. because that's the only yes. three we have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's wow. much more expensive. You cannot go well. bar hopping. No. Yeah. No. So it's it's it's, no. it's not good for that. Plus socializing more. I don't know if mm-hmm. I mentioned this, but when I moved to Vesteros, I lived in Vesteros for eight months, and I kept going out and I kept meeting girls, and they kept saying, "No, but I have a boyfriend." I was like, but why is the boyfriend not here? Yeah, yeah. Like, and it was every time just because the boyfriends were with their mates and their girlfriends. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's normal. So it's super hard to meet someone at a bar as well, except mm-hmm. the wine and stand. But you need to stop telling yourself that. No, no. <laughs> it, it now it's fixed. Yeah. <laughs> So does anyone this week have any tips of things they like? Uh, Sweden, Stockholm? Well, if you want to try something different that is that people think is very expensive, but it isn't, and it's very easy to do, I tried gliding. Is it in? Yeah. Gliding? Like yeah. You, you take a plane, but with no motor. Wow. Oh, yeah. Not in, my in thing, Iniesta. but... Oh, yes! Yeah. 
and it's uh, you people think it's super expensive, but it's it's like a, it's less than a gym membership a year. Let's put it that way. Wow. I tried it last week for the first time. It. Yeah. But the season is ending like in a month. So if you want to do it, you can do it. You so have this to is like you're in a, a plane with a, a small plane with no engine and, and you're like taken up. Yeah. And right. then you just and let yeah. it go. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> so per hour you pay like 700 crowns. So it's, it's I mean, it's expensive. But I would I was thinking it was a lot more expensive. Mm. Yeah. So, Great experience. Yeah. It was, I, I'm going to take a new hobby from this, I think. Yeah. And is, that's one of the places that no one ever goes, Niesta. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, you guys know where it is? That oh, yeah. place is actually behind my ex-mother-in-law. So okay. there you, they always circle around mm-hmm. her summer home. So we see them all the time. So we actually yeah. went over to that runway. Mm-hmm. But it's super off. beautiful. It's very cool. It's yeah. beautiful over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like a small challenge to do kayaking or stuff. Yeah. That was great. Sweden is beautiful from the sky. Mm-hmm. Like every time I fly in. From anywhere, I'm just always the guy hanging yeah. out the window, looking yeah. down. You know, it's even the city. I love it. It's so I was like beautiful. that last night when coming out over from Finland. They did. They went right over the the channels in the archipelago where all the ferries mm. are coming out. Mm. And I have this thing where I like to watch ferries come and go, and I like to watch planes land and take off. I, we were watching all the ferries just coming and going, and it was so beautiful. It was gorgeous. Sun setting. It was really nice. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's be- I think it's beautiful even by sea. I, think, I mm. mean, yeah. I, whenever you travel the world, people will always, if you ask someone what's the best thing you've done in your travels, they usually tell you what's the most furthest away thing because mm-hmm. you'll never be able to go there. You know, that type of mindset. So it's like, it's my thing and you'll my never. My thing and you can't have it. Yeah. But so I, I love sailing and the best sailing in the world is for me, Stockholm, to, like mm-hmm. Chicago, that's yes. a Lego. The second best for me is Antarctica. But why, why try and be cool and say yeah. Antarctica is <laughs> awesome for the sail? But actually, that's a Lego here is spectacular. Mm. Do you have your own boat or do you rent not, one? I have nothing. I'm a backpacker. Yes, right. <laughs> I, 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 live so, I live so easy. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really buy experiences. So this weekend, I'm going to Amsterdam to fly to Vancouver for the weekend. Vancouver for yeah. the weekend. Long weekend, like four days. <laughs> I did a weekend in Amsterdam and it was, that was too much for me. That's yeah. right. I'm going one, one, one for yeah. the I, um, I'll give you a very quick story. So I always believe that every person you, every person who serves you, I always have to leave them a compliment. So if I'm in Max or mm-hmm. Ikea or whatever, I always tell them, you know, well done. And I think it, it, life is tough for people. And the fact that they just get it right, I can send just an email to their boss and say like, this person's awesome at their job. Because people get their job wrong so few times that when they when they screw up, you notice it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't I don't know what's going on that made them screw up today. But I certainly know if they did their job right, even just putting stuff in a bag and Max mm-hmm. send the boss a mail and say, you know, you did good. So I was flying to Amsterdam five months ago, and um, it was early morning. This is the cheapest flight because it was it's like only booked on Thursday. It was Sunday morning, so it was six a.m. or something nasty like that. <laughs> And I realized that all these, I'm tired. So these girls here on the air hostesses must be really tired. So I got off, they did their job, gave me loads of extra tea. That was nice to them. And I, I said, what's your <laughs> name? It takes. Give me, uh, what's your name? And I sent an email to their boss saying, you know, just kind of did a great job. A couple of weeks later, I get an email back going like, I really appreciated that. Like, it went through to my bosses and now it's been showing on the KLM website, this compliment nice. or on their nice. me, internal media or whatever. Yeah. She was favoring these flights anywhere. Just let me know, and if you're going anywhere, I'll 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 bring I'll try and bring you on my if seat available. Yeah. And I said, weirdly enough, I need to go to meet Forbes magazine in Manila, mm. 
teach fly there? She said, no, we don't, but I can get you as far as Taipei and you can then take a short like Asian airline to, yeah. to Manila. Wicked. Happy days. Yeah. You know? Pays off so, to be nice. Pays off. Multiple, <laughs> but it gets even better, this story. So uh, it turns out she was going at this date and I had to be on stage in Bulgaria in front of 300 business leaders. Like mm. they literally fly over, do the thing, come back, land in Amsterdam, fly to Bulgaria, get on stage, 18 hours travel. And so if seat available means there has to be a seat available for friends and family. So whenever I was going there, it was the day, two days before there was 20 free seats. Mm. So I was like, mm. no problem. The day before that, the an, an Asian airline went into, um, went on strike. Oh no. So which was 20 free seats is now 68 overbooked. I was like, oh. yeah. And there's 300 people waiting to hear me talk in Bulgaria. So I was like, screw it. Let's just talk. Let's have a few beers with the crew. I don't drink, as it says, but I can go out and have a laugh with the lads, no problem, the pilots and all. But the thing is, I wasn't number, I wasn't, when I went there with them, it turned out I wasn't number 68, I was number 70, because the pilot's father was there. Okay. The purser had someone, and yeah. then it's based on hierarchy, mm-hmm. so I was, yeah. I was yeah. the lowest, so I was number 70 on. So I rock up at the airport next day, and the lads are like, oh, Patrick, what's the crack? We hooked you up, and they give me this orange badge, and they bring me in the plane, and they bring me in, open the cockpit, sit me in the cockpit. No. Yeah. And I've got, I've got, I'll show you some of my photo. I've got the photos. And I could take as many photos and videos as I want, but I'm not allowed to share them on social media. Yeah. Mm. So we can't share their story either. Uh, no, you can share the story. That's no problem. But, uh, and they got me back. So I flew back from the cockpit. Amazing experience. Uh, London. That's amazing. Amsterdam. Got on stage 18 hours later in, in Bulgaria. Exhausted, but great story. And, and it goes to show you, just be cool. And that all came from a Sunday morning compliment of a lovely girl who yeah. was just doing her job, just doing her job, you know, and, and hooked me right up. And it's actually the reason I'm getting to go to Vancouver this weekend is the same girl. It goes to show you just being kind is like dropping a pebble in, mm. in the lake and just you, you walk away when you do your, your deed, but it ripples out, Yeah, you know, and you don't know where that good deed lands or how you yeah. can help people. And, um, and life is short. So just just be cool. I think that's a great note to end on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yes, thank you so much for coming. Honored. Great. To and have if you. people are interested in my new book, it's called yes. Forgive Me Sister. And it's it's a book about the journey through life and the empowerment of, of the feminine. You know, we live in a world which is very masculine now, very short term, very destructive. And w- feminine is something that lives in every person. Mm-hmm. But it's more holistic. It's a, and it's, it's about a boy who's going through, living in a world where the masculine takes precedence over the feminine, where the head takes precedence over the heart. And his sort of job is to sort of try and make the world a little bit better by empowering the feminine. And it's there's got ayahuasca retreats in there. You've got mm-hmm. all sorts of crazy things in this book. And the feedback so far globally has been phenomenal that's so, wonderful so and here we can get it on ad libris bookus amazon all those yeah it's available in every every online bookstore that you can imagine it's available on the app store apple on the play store for mm. google you can download it on your phone and kindle you can download it anywhere forgive me sister by patrick hamilton walsh excellent right. thank you good luck now i have something new to read for the week mm.